What's up, everybody? It's Daniel Allison. Welcome to another conversation with the average dude. This episode was with Mark Wojcik. And the last time that I talked to Mark, I asked him how he was doing. He said, fantastic. Don't hear that very often, do we? So I wanted to learn more. I asked him to be on my podcast and turns out that Mark is an entrepreneur. He saw a need in an industry that he had worked in and decided to go out on his own. The recruiting industry. And the more that I learned about recruiting, the more I realized that this industry impacts everybody. Everybody from the company that's looking for and trying to hire the right employee to folks like you and me looking to find the right company. So I thought there was a lot of value in this. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Let's roll. Good afternoon, Mark. There, there he is. What's new? What's going on, dude? Hey, I, um, I just, I, I was in the waiting room early, and then I saw that you joined, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to close all my things and close all my noisemakers, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, close the door. I'm in a shared office space today with one of my clients. Um, and I, I have, uh, you know, usually two days a week I'm in here and sometimes it gets a little rowdy. They're a recruiting yeah. firm. And so there's a lot to celebrate from time to time. They're, they're what now? They're, they're, they're a recruiting firm. So there's okay. sometimes there's, you know, bells ringing or, or, or drums beating or sirens going off. Um, so it's, Man. it's fun. It's fun, but not, not the best when you're on a call. How you been? What's new? I've been good. Now, let, let me ask you this. You got me thinking already. What Do you miss anything? We're going to talk a little bit about your transition going out on your own from, from one world to another. Do you miss anything about the, the old life and the non-entrepreneurial life? You know, being, definitely being on a team. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's one thing I miss. Um, I, I, I was friends with my colleagues, you know, I, we were buddies. We were in the, 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 we were, we were on the battlefield together. We were, we were on the, 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 the sports field together, you know, with intramurals and stuff. And um, yeah. I just like that camaraderie, just somebody to be able to talk sports with, you know, current events, whatever. And, and whenever you, you, you can just have somebody there to, 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 to have, have a good chat with. Yeah. Um, and even in certain situations, talk strategy on business. Um, unfortunately, I have colleagues that I can lean on for, um, strategic conversations, but man, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's the thing I miss the most is, is just that teamwork in, in the office. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you find time to, what, what is your solution to that now that you're out on your own? Oh, well, I mean, I pour everything into my work, man. I don't <laughs> have time for friend. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, I, I've got a good group of colleagues that I, I keep up with and, and, you know, I'm able to get together with on the golf course uh, even just go to the driving range, hit some balls, grab a beer after work. That's my biggest thing too, Daniel. I, 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 when I don't have teammates, it gives me a lot more opportunity to be intentional about my outreach to folks in my network. Yeah. Um, so just about every day I have at minimum, either a coffee, uh, meeting or a lunch meeting or, a, 
you know, a meeting for a couple of years after work. Uh, I'm very intentional about that. I work usually two or three weeks in advance to make sure that my calendar is stacked up in a certain way. And, you know, that gives a lot of flexibility if meetings fall off. So yeah, that's how I cope. I like it. So to, to let folks know kind of how you and I know each other, we know each other through LinkedIn and yeah, and we, we know each other digitally, but now we actually, it's probably been what, it's probably going on two years since we first talked, right? Yeah. Um, and it's oddly enough, it was, it's all around COVID. Um, yeah. When, when That's really right. the digital world of business really took off. Um, yeah. I, I think both of us were really active either coping with the, uh, trying to stay sane by, you know, uh, yeah. projecting out to the, to the public um, or, or just general networking, I think is how we got connected in the first place. Absolutely. And, and the thing that I noticed uh, about you was your ability in front of the camera. You do, you do some great videos. And, and so I, I do want to talk a little bit about that, uh, where, where you are with that now, where you're going with that, the sure. benefits that you've seen from doing uh, video and that sort of thing. How did, how did you say, hey, I, I need to start doing some videos on LinkedIn? Well, it actually started during COVID. I was still okay. with the old firm, Daniel. I was still with the old firm and, and um, you okay. know, I was just trying to find a way to be different. I'd been in the same company for nine years and I had some really, really strong relationships built up throughout the Charlotte area. Um, uh -huh. and, and frankly, I just, I didn't feel comfortable cold calling and, and trying to solicit business from people that might be going through some pretty serious hardships in the business world and in the personal world. Yes. Um, so I, I tried to have some name and brand recognition different than just banging a bunch of phone calls per day. Yeah. Um, and it was almost like a self-help. Hey, here's how I'm coping with my, my uh, remote world. Um, you know, here's, here's how I, I what I do on, on days to stay uh, refreshed or, you know, help to stimulate mentally or whatever. And um, it, it got a really good response. Uh, yeah. People of all ages, ranges, backgrounds um, were, were, were sending me messages on the side saying, hey, Mark, that was really impactful. Or, hey, I tried the same thing and it worked. Um, yeah. So and then as I, as I evolved as an entrepreneur and went into a new business, I said, you know what? I can use this as advertising. And it's basically free advertising in the sense that I'm not marketing my product. I'm not marketing my service. I'm offering guidance and, and intellect about a certain topic that folks can take in a different, different way or diff different nature. A lot of folks that rely on recruiters maybe don't have the best support. And right. so uh, they look to me to say, hey, this is kind of like my third party support. I'm not getting one from the recruiter that I have. Yeah, so you you used it to differentiate yourself, keep yourself sane, and and I think that something that I wanted to touch on, I think the the thoughts that come to my mind when I watch one of your videos is clear, concise, and confident. The three C's. Oh, yeah, and and I think that's that's important. And I want to know if what's your what's your prep work look like before you do a video? What how do it's, you? It's it's those meetings. Like I told you about everything that I speak to, if, if not previously recorded, Daniel, it's it's something that's come up from a real world recruiting situation. Gotcha. Either yeah. I'm dealing with a customer who's had a significant issue with either their internal recruiting practices or partnering with a third party vendor um, or somebody who's in the job search mm -hmm. and they're not getting the same level of support that they are, are they deserve 
um, when, when engaging with a recruiting partner. So yeah. it's, it's, it's real life scenarios that trigger the idea uh, to put something on film. Yes. And, you know, my goal has always been to keep it under a minute, you know, ideally yeah. under 50 seconds, sound bites that somebody could, you know, could tune into as they're walking between meetings or they're, they're procrastinating at their desk uh, or, yeah. or, 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 you know, anything in downtime. Um, but now there's also a catalog of it inside my profile. So whenever anybody's going into a, uh, a, a recruiting partnership and they're trying to learn how to be uh, more effective, efficient, or, or, or how to get to where they want to be with an in internal partnership they have, they've got this whole record of different how-to videos. So oh, that's great. Really not a lot of prep. Um, so I, in the beginning, I used to write a script. Uh, yeah. Just because that that helps for me to memorize things, but yes, um, sometimes it only takes uh, one try, and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. happy with it, and I and I put oh, it out. Yeah. Now, did, did you where where did, did you always know that you had those skills as far as that being behind the camera and, and speaking like that? You asked my parents. I, I've I've been on stage since I was like two years old. Okay. Um, I I have been in the arts. I've been in the acting world. Uh, I was very very involved in the arts up until probably about college. Um, I was involved in plays, one act festivals, musicals and the like. So, um, you know, on stage, I, I, I've played many characters in my personal <laughs> world. I, I, I've played many characters. And then as a recruiter, I've played many characters and all of which are uh, are, are, are my own. But, yeah, you know, you, you, you know, as well as anyone, Daniel, in sales and in, especially in recruiting, you got to be a chameleon, man. You got to yeah. adapt to the surroundings that you're in. You got to mirror yourself mirror your customer, mirror your client in some other way. So, um, yes. you know, it's, it's a natural part of having success in that certain level of business. But for me, it's just, it, it's honestly, it's fun for me. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 the camera starts rolling and there's that little tickle in your tummy. That's yeah. you know, but the butterflies that you feel. It's like, Oh, hey, man, that kind of it kind of jacks me up, honestly. It's it's oh really no, I'm right there with you. Yeah, well, you you do a great job with that. So your your experience definitely shines. Uh, and and I love the way that you know you're staying within your world of recruiting and and giving folks. I mean, it it does a lot. And so uh, maybe this is a good time to segue into how how did you get involved in the recruiting business? Yeah. Um, recruiting gosh, world. <laughs> great question. Um, yeah. yeah. Now 11, 12 years later. Um, gosh, you know, I, like a lot of people in, in this industry, Daniel, it, it's, I, I stumbled into it. Uh, yeah. I totally fell into it by accident. Um, you know, nobody goes to school to be a recruiter. Uh, I've heard yes. that age, age old adage in the industry. Um, I had been in sale since graduating college in 2009 uh, I had had a number of inside and outside sales positions. Um, you know, I bounced around for between three jobs and then I'm, I, I, I just wasn't hitting my niche. And yeah. um, I, I actually went to my old firm uh, as a candidate. Uh, I went for advice. Okay. And so this was I was probably 25 years old. Again, still trying to hit my stride in my career. Wasn't sure where I was going. Um, I showed up with resume in hand and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of optimism and as the conversation went going, um, I started to notice that the, the, the gentleman across the table was, was persuading me uh, to go down the path of, of joining their organization. And so yeah. I come in here thinking, okay, these are the guys that you know, connect you to other companies. And yes. yet they started reeling me in. And yeah. so it was a unique situation where I was like, 
totally unexpecting of it. And, but, you know, I went into it with blind faith. Uh, the owner and the mentor uh, uh, of the company, the, my mentor in the business, a, a gentleman by the name of Brad Violet, uh, tremendously successful recruiting professional um, over his career. He said, hey, if you stick with this plan, if you stick with what I tell you, if you follow this routine, you will be successful. Yes. And of course, uh, you know, I, I believed him. I saw the business he had built. I said, man, you know, if, if this guy is saying what he's what I think he's saying, I, I, maybe I can have the same success. And yeah. I, I went into it with blind faith. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. I, I love it. So kind of fell into it, but not following it. You were taking action. You were going to talk to these folks to see maybe how you could position yourself, what was out there. And, and so it's not like somebody came and knocked on your door and said, I have an opportunity for you. No, sir. Not at all. It was, it was a total 180. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful that, uh, you know, that Brad saw that potential in me at mm -hmm. a young age and somebody who is frankly a wanderer at that juncture of my career, um, yes. having not been anywhere for longer than 10 months. And, yes. uh, and, and so I'm, I'm forever grateful, but, you know, I got in there and, and like any other job, I, I failed my first year. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a struggle. I had to learn the, 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 the industry. I had to learn the subject matter for which I was recruiting. I had mm -hmm. to learn how to interact with business professionals that in some cases were twice my age and, yeah. and, and maybe had kids my age. And they're looking at me as the guy that's going to connect them to their next great career opportunity. You know, I had to learn that level of, uh, of maturity pretty quickly um, yes. because like anything else in business, as you know, being in sales, you know, trust is the most important piece to any successful business transaction. And, yeah. you know, if these folks don't trust the fact that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, and I'm going to put them in, in contact with their next best career opportunity, you're, you're, you're dead from there from the beginning. So um, yeah. I learned that stuff really quickly, but you can't do it overnight. Uh, it took hours and hours and hours and days and weeks of repetition and, 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 and failing up, I guess, so to speak. I, I love it. I love it. That's a, that's a great recipe for success. So what I want to do is go to basically uh, the recruiting world, the staffing world 101, right? Like let's, because I, I want to make sure that for myself and, and for folks that are listening, exactly what, what the difference is between, so I, I hear, you know, like a staffing company and then yep. you've got recruiters and, and, and how, how they operate, what's actually happening, how do they get paid? Can you tell us like the elementary school level of how that operates? Yeah. And that's part of why I've, I've, I've left to start the business that I did a year and a half ago, Daniel, is it's devoted to talent acquisition advisory. So I'm working with companies to help empower their internal recruiting function to be more self-sufficient, to be more high, high producing, to fill yeah. jobs quicker without necessarily relying on third-party agencies yes. to fill those positions, okay? So we can come back to that, but generally rule of thumb, staffing is given to um, wage workers, you know, hourly positions, warehouse, industrial labor, for the most part, that's related to staffing. It's usually temporary positions or contract labor, hourly positions. Recruiting is, from my definition, and, and, and yes. for the most part in the industry, is, is a headhunter uh, mm -hmm. type of exercise. Uh, I, I, I've got a client who is proactively looking for new quality talent, and I'm going out to a population of people that are unassuming that I'm going to contact them and try to convince them to join this company. 
Okay. So mm-hmm. think of it the best way to, to, to compare the example is, is either like the armed forces, mm-hmm. and the army, yeah. the Marines, right? They're recruiting yeah. kids right out of high school to come yeah. and join their organization. They list all the variety of positive reasons why that's a good fit for their next move in their career. Yeah. Uh, same thing in the job world. You know, you might connect with somebody who has a couple of reasons why they want to change their job. And, you know, you, you go out and you try to find that, that type of company that matches or that type of job that matches their criteria. And, and, and then in recruiting, it's a, it's a, it's a lump sum fee traditionally how it's paid out. So um, in the most part throughout the industry, anywhere between 20 and 30% of the first year starting salary is what the compensation uh, or excuse me, the, the fee that the recruiting firm is going to charge the, the client. Gotcha. And the recruiters will take home a percentage of that. Uh, what doesn't go into the operating costs of the business of the recruiter. Gotcha. So, so the employer, if they hire somebody, if this is a, a, a headhunter type situation there and they're paying this new sales rep $65,000, then they would, the company would pay they, the company would pay the recruiting firm on top of that salary. So they got to pay the guy to his salary and they have to pay a percentage of it to the recruiting firm who then dispenses right. that money. Right. They call it a finder's fee. Um, okay. I, I don't like, I don't like that term because I, 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 I grew up in the world where it's much more white glove treatment and very much more boutique type of search. You know, you're a true partner within for, for the company. You're a true partner for the candidate. Uh, it's very much curated. Uh, it's not just a post and pray where you throw out a job description and hope a bunch of people apply and then you just forward those emails to the client. Um, right. You know, it's I, I, it's packaged up nice and neat. It's provided with an executive summary. The candidates are properly briefed and prepped and and debriefed and closed to engineer a smooth landing. And the guarantee I used to make to my clients when I, and, and still today when I'm running searches is, you know, I, I'm not going to deliver an offer to a candidate. that's not going to be accepted. Okay, we do right. all the heavy lifting ahead of time to ensure that that candidate at the end of the process is going to accept the offer. So yeah. a, a little bit different than the finder's fee, but you got it for the most part. Um, bottom no. line is it, it, it's expensive, Daniel. It's really expensive. Um, the fees are huge. These recruiters, yeah. recruiting, recruiting firms make a ton of money. A lot of recruiters make a lot of money. Um, which they earn. I'm not going to disparage that, but my right. whole MO and what higher level advisory is all about is that these companies for the most part can do that themselves. If they just had the right people, the right process and the right support system, they could do it on their own and save a ton of money. I, I love it. So I, I, I think that it's great that you saw a business opportunity within the world that you were in. You had a good understanding, you were making a living and you were probably thinking, my goodness, 30%, whatever the fee was on top of this. Wow, that's a that's a lot of money. Did and, and it sounds like maybe you started saying, well, maybe did they necessarily need to spend this much? Or is there a better or more effective way to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows the company better than themselves. Yeah. Right. So at company XYZ, why would they go outside to a third party to try to sell and recruit the best in class talent to come work for company XYZ? Theoretically, yes. somebody who knows all the nuances, who walks the halls every single day, who gets <laughs> to know the people in the leadership positions, who can embr- already embraces the company as an employer of choice, theoretically should be able to sell that 
better than anybody else. No question. Absolutely. So now that's a big jump, though. I'm sure you had to kind of get up your courage. So you've got this idea. It makes sense on paper. Now, how do I jack myself up enough to make this happen? Well, it, it, good support around you. Um, yeah. You know, when I first came up with this idea, I pitched it to my old company and, and, and they perhaps didn't see the same vision or the same opportunity that I did. And yeah. I remember one day I planned for this meeting with the, the, the C-suite of the old firm and, 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 and presenting an advisory practice to them. And, you know, I, ca I came home one day and I was frustrated. I popped open the top to a beer and I, I was talking to my now wife uh, hmm. about how short-sighted and, and how, how big an opportunity this could be. Yes. And, she, and she just said, hey, why don't you start a business? Yeah. And hey. I got to thinking, I'm like, well, maybe this ought to be the girl I spend the rest of my life with. But, <laughs> um, besides yeah. that, I think you're onto something here. And, uh, you know, it, it, thus the idea was born. We actually were going on vacation. It was over Labor Day weekend of 2020. We were going yeah. to the beach or something, literally in the car the entire way. We were just brainstorming back and forth different ideas of how to launch this thing. And, and, and yeah, we, we went for it. I got involved with LegalZoom, I think, to launch the LLC. And, you know, again, it, it's trial and error in certain situations. It's calculated risk in a lot of situations. It's, it's a heck of a lot of confidence in, in, in all situations. But yeah. it, it's doing things the right way, being honest and transparent with, pe transparent with people. Um, yes. and, and, and following through on what you say you're going to do. And, right. uh, you know, the whole motivation was to be a partner of the business and, and, and get out of kind of a transactional uh, right. business model and more of a, a long-term partner. Well, even, even at the old firm, it sounds like you were looking for mutually beneficial relationships, right? You were kind of the matchmaker. You were trying to, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but you were looking for the right relationship to bring two people together. And like you say, you knew, when he when he asked when the company asked uh, the the uh, the recruit there to to come on board, they were gonna say yes. Everybody was in agreement. It was a good fit. Correct. Correct. No surprises at the uh, when the ring's going on the finger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's um yeah. there was a lot you know, and throughout the course of the transaction, there's a lot of ups and downs, uh, and and the roller coaster you deal with, and then the competitive nature of today's environment with counter offers and just the battle for talent in general and remote work and fractional gig labor and, and there's so many more choices um but the other thing from a recruiting standpoint that i found in the last couple of years versus the first 10 of my career in recruiting is yeah. that the, the talent has never been more available to the companies that are hiring mm -hmm. it's never been more readily available you just got to know where to look and how to find them and how yeah. to convince them to come work for your company so it's about messaging it, it, it's about everybody acting as a salesperson, everybody in the company acting as recruiters. There's no rules against you trying to recruit someone at your company uh, at, at the weekend picnic or at, wow. your kids, you know, at, the, at the church or your kid's school. Like, why not always have that recruiting and best in class talent in the back of your mind? Doesn't matter if you do finance or sales or marketing or engineering, have that in the forefront of your mind that it's okay to talk about business with people. It's okay yeah. to ask people in your network about their job and if they're happy. Well, hey, here's my card. Maybe you should have a conversation with our HR. Yeah, I, I love that, man. So, so take us from for a situation, uh, maybe your your ideal situation or someone that you feel like you can help. Uh, company XYZ has this problem, and then Mark comes in and and he helps them solve it. And how how does that how does that whole process look in a perfect yeah. world? 
and and for every company it's different right there's yeah. no one size fits all model there's not an off the shelf offering um i have templates of those off the shelf offerings that we start with and then mold based on what each company looks like i call it getting under the hood or getting in the kitchen with them so i got to first get in the kitchen see what i'm working with before i start trying to bake a cake i got to know do we have all the ingredients do we have the right pots and pans? Do we have the right measuring uh, utensils yeah. and, and so on? Do we need to run to the store for anything? All right, who's going to do what? Am I am, am I mixing and you're you're cracking eggs? Are you baking? <laughs> so I got to get in the kitchen and see what's going on. Um, yeah. Then I got to get under the hood. You know, you tell yeah. me your car's not running right. You tell me your recruiting department's not operating efficiently enough. All right, well, what have y'all been doing? What's it yeah. sound like when you turn on the engine? Hey, when you turn to the right and it makes that other weird sound, well, I got to see it and hear it. Right. Um, but besides, you know, besides that, I can always give back to the individuals that say, hey, Mark, you know, I'm really struggling in my job. I'd really like some professional advice. Does my resume look OK? Am yes. I saying the right things in interviews? Hey, how would you respond to this message? Hey, Mark, what do you think about cover letters? Are they important or not? Yeah, yeah. I can always help that individual. And that's just from my good, my, my, the goodness of my heart. I want to be able to give back to our community and specifically the Carolinas that have given so much to me and my family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but go, going back to the company support, really, it's I work with companies, Daniel, that have a get better attitude. Yes. Okay? So if you want to be more self-sufficient, if you want to be more cost savings, cost conscious, if you want to bring the best in class people into your organization continuously and, and, and you want to do it from a homegrown method, mm -hmm. I can help you. I yeah. can help you. Okay. Yeah. The companies that can't help are the ones that are stuck in their ways and they, they either think that they're doing it the best way and they're not because the stats show that their jobs have been open on the web for 60, 80, 90 days. Okay. Or they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in third party recruiting fees every year or the enterprise wide companies that are so massive that there's no possibility to have a partnership and, and, and really scale that within the, within the organization. I think it makes so much sense. I, I mean, I, I, I know that a lot of money is being kind of spent and, and not necessarily necessary. It is transactional. You don't, you know, the folks within this organization, they know what they're looking for. They know what this person's going to, to be experiencing once they do come on board. And so what have, do you have any case studies, things that you say that I know you're still new, pretty new in these waters, but Anything that says, hey, this, this, not only does this look good on paper, this is a, a valid product that's going to help folks. Yeah. Huh. So there, there's a few companies, and, and I'll give one an, an exam, example right off the bat. Um, there, there's one company that I'm working with now. They've, they spent a, a, an unbelievable amount of money in third party agencies last year. And, uh -huh. you know, the goal is that I've set forth for them is, is lowering their cost um, for third party agencies just in the first year from $500,000 where it was in 2021 into this year being under 300,000. Um, nice. and, and then of course, with the process and the support system and the team that I put in place, um, you know, we're going to lower that to over or under 150,000 next year. Um, but for example, I mean, just in simple things like one other company, HVAC, uh, a global HVAC company that's, that's based in Boston. Uh, I was working with them last year and training their recruiters to be more efficient, more effective. And, and just by engaging them and the hiring managers in the same room and brokering the dialogue between setting expectations, 
you know, gaining flexibility on the requirements of each position, you know, we were able to eradicate like 30% of the agency fees that they were spending, save them over $25,000 just in two months of us working together by being able to recruit homegrown talent um, from their own internal talent acquisition network. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Now, now let me, I'm going to, I'm going to change gears on us a little bit here. And I want to, I want to talk, I, I know that you probably, like you say, you get asked this a lot, but I'm, I'm going to speak to some college kids tomorrow, college okay. age, college graduates that want to get into sales. Okay. So what, what advice would you, as far as how to get hired, how to stand out, anything like that from your experience working with a lot of different companies and folks, because that's the message that I want to kind of carry to them mm-hmm. That in that world. Well, and sales is a little bit of a different beast, as you and I both know. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, anybody yeah. who says recruiting isn't sales isn't doing it, isn't doing it right. Um, and oh, maybe yeah. I'll talk to higher level advisory, but um, <laughs> any, any entry level folks, look, the generations are different now. When I was 25, it's a lot different. Now when I'm now that I'm 35, I sometimes still think of myself as a recent graduate in certain circumstances. But my best advice for college age kids, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. Be prepared with what what the company does, what the job entails. Be prepared for questions that they may ask you. Be prepared for you know hiccups that could happen. You don't, yeah. you know, be prepared on where the address is, have a backup phone number in case you get lost and you can call and, 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 and let them know that you're on the way, but you're going to be late. You know, it's the little things that we maybe as adults take for granted, but recent graduates just, they, maybe it doesn't cross their mind, but be prepared with what to wear, come prepared with something to talk about. Even if you don't have prior sales experience, Give examples of how you would be a good salesman. Come yeah. up with prepare hypotheticals yes. of what you would do in a certain circumstance. Hey, look, HVAC. I know it's about heating and cooling, Daniel. Look, yeah. I, I'm I'm a big believer in being comfortable in, in the winter and being comfortable in the summer. And you know, in the HVAC yeah. world, you got to push the the heaters when it's in this fall and winter time and, and in the spring and summer you got to push the air conditioners so it's just come prepared with something to talk about even if you bring nothing to the table from a professional background yeah just come prepared i and, i agree i i, I love i love that i'm gonna kind of incorporate that i would say this too you know with sales it is different because what the way that you get the job is essentially what you're going to be doing for them you know i mean sales is getting a job and so i i, I know that it in i, I, I kind of in my mind anyway and you tell me i think well if you struggle getting a job in sales you may struggle in sales because <laughs> i mean that is that's basically what we're going to have to do we're going to have to stand out from the competition we're going to have to take uncomfortable action we're going to have to do all the things that it's going to take to be successful once we get the job so it's a big deal. They're thinking. Lost you for a second. Okay, so we're we're back. Had a little uh, audio issue there, but uh, 
but yeah, my, my point there, Mark, is basically the person that's trying to get a job in sales, the company is thinking, hey, this is who my prospects are going to see. So making an impression, being prepared, it, it's, it really, it, it alleviates that unknown for the interviewer and the company when, when, uh, when they see the skills that they're looking for. You, you got, right. they, they can see it in practice, right? Right. And in my coaching, and that's one of the things I prided myself on the best, Daniel, and, and still do when I'm, when I'm working with searches. And, you know, I've prepared hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of candidates for interviews and given them a full scale prep. Look, I've recruited finance and accounting, but majority of my career has been human resources. I, I didn't, I wasn't an HR practitioner by trade. I didn't go to school to be an HR practitioner. I didn't have a master's in human resources, yeah. but the person on the other end of the table told me everything that I needed to know about HR. So yeah. what my coaching to them was always to be is, is I don't care. It doesn't matter if, if you don't know the answers right off the bat, it's just show what you would do in a certain situation. All right. Explain yeah. how you would think of the theoretical or the hypothetical rather um, yeah. ideas of what could what could pop up. So a lot of recent grads that I interact with, for one of my clients, I'm hiring uh, a, a couple of recruiters right now. So I've been talking to a lot of recent graduates and I'll yeah. ask them questions and they're like, well, you know, I I don't know what that I don't know what that is. I, or I've, I've, excuse me, I've never done that before. Never done that you know? before. Yeah, I've never I've never done that before. That's OK. You know, I'm, I'm not going to turn somebody down or turn somebody away if they say I've yeah. never done that before. Right. But I, I'm, I'm going to make an X mark on them if they don't say I've never done that before. But you know what? Here's how I would do it yeah. if I was ever exposed to a situation <laughs> like that. Hey, based on my critical thinking abilities, yeah. here's what I would do. Right. It's, it's just hiring managers, even the ones that are hiring for recent graduates, they want to see that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking or are you waiting for somebody to tell you what to think or tell yeah. you what to do? Right. Are you a critical and strategic thinker? That's so important too for recent graduates. Yes. And the experience, especially more so in sales again, and this is what we what, what I'm more familiar with. You, you've got to have, like you say, experience, you've got life experience. If you've got life experience, you've got sales experience. So correlate right. that as your experience for the job. And, and one of the things, too, while we're talking about it, I wanted to talk to them about and I'd love to have your thoughts. Know yourself, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know what you're scared of, know what you're intimidated by, I, you know, give them the strings to the puppet, so to speak. Yeah. And in that way, you take away the ambiguity and the unknown so that they know, hey, I know exactly what I'm getting with this with this person. Right. right. So and everybody hates that strengths and weaknesses question. And it is right. quite vague, but yes. especially for folks that are inexperienced as interviewers, mm -hmm. which one of the things that higher level advisory promotes internally when working with its clients is really building quality interviewers out of a finance leader, sales leader, or, or, or engineering leader, something of the nature. But um, the strengths and weaknesses question you show me somebody who tells them, tells me that they got no weaknesses and, and I'll be surprised. Everybody's <laughs> got some kind of weakness. Yeah. And it's okay to have a weakness, but you don't have to phrase it in that way where you have a weakness, like Superman has kryptonite or something like that. Right. Hey, I struggle in situations where, 
Yes. Hey, yeah. I have a tough time in circumstances where X, Y, and Z. Yes, yes, so, yes. Hey, I know I could improve upon circumstances like boom, 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 right? G you know, give examples that show that you're thinking. It doesn't have to say, oh, well, weakness. Well, it's my free throw. You know, if I, if right. only I was better at shooting free throw, uh, come on. Yeah, Think yeah. About it. That's right. That's, I, I, I struggle when there's ambiguity and somebody is asking me to do something, but I don't really truly understand the task. Mm. I could be better at proactively asking my manager, hey, what do you mean by this request? Before I do something incorrectly, can I get your opinion? Like, yeah. A higher manager will explode over something like that if they hear a recent graduate say something Absolutely. of that nature. And, and I, and I think I love that. And I, the idea of, Hey, you, you can say a lot of things as long as you go back to what you are bringing to the table and know that that is what, because in their mind, they're looking for one thing and they can think, say to themselves, Hey, we can make the other work. If you're confident in what you do bring to the table and what you're willing to do, and it, it might be work ethic. It might be grit. It might be, you know, your ability to take uncomfortable action. It may be just your desire to succeed. But whatever it is that you can go back to and say, hey, I know what you do and I know that I'm the right person for this job because of that. Or I know hopefully you can. What do you think about something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, I, I, I always charge recent graduates with the fact that this is your first job. It's not your last job. Okay. Yeah get into an organization it doesn't matter if there's room for growth at that company all it matters is that you learn how to interact with people how to be committed to a regular routine and a schedule to handle accountability when other people are, are looking to you and, and counting on you but if it's not the right position that's okay at 25 years old you're never going to be labeled as you know and pigeonholed into a certain company or industry you can yeah. change gears, you can change jobs, but until you have applicable and practical experience under your belt and you can talk with confidence to your next potential employer about the things you did at the previous job, you, you know, it doesn't matter how, what kind of company you're with. I remember when I was doing finance recruiting, you know, when I was dealing with a lot of recent grads with a finance degree, congrats, like you're a really smart kid. But yeah. they would come to me and they'd say, well, some of my buddies are working at Merrill Lynch and they're making, you know, 75 grand. Yeah. So I, I want this opportunity. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't get them that opportunity. I don't know who did, but you know, <laughs> whoever did, that was their connections. Look, do you want to get to that point? Everybody goes at different levels and different. Some friends are going to make more money than you. Some people are going to not go into the working world at all. Some might go to get their master's degree. It's whatever it is, just start doing it. Just yeah. start doing it and you'll find your way. Naturally, you'll find your way. It's your uh, first I, job. It's not your last job. That's that's it. Well, I, I know the, the last time we talked to, we're going to segue again here. The, the last time that uh, we actually spoke on the phone, setting this meeting up, we talked about, I asked you how you're doing. You said you were doing fantastically. <laughs> and I, I love that. I actually did a LinkedIn video about that because so often we hear, I'm pretty good. And we, we you know, it's just, I, I loved hearing that from you. And of course, you told me you had just gotten back from a honeymoon. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and 
And uh, I, I know that just this, you know, outside of work, one of the things that I do want to talk to them about tomorrow too is, you know, Jim Rom says, uh, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And so what happens outside of work plays a major part on how we perform and how effective we are. Yep. And uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, Maybe maybe it's maybe it's the trip. Maybe it's the trip because you got exposed to this unique culture and you you brought back some energy and maybe that's why you're doing fantastically. <laughs> no, man, it's just I'm doing I'm doing exactly what I set out to do and I'm and I'm really proud of that, Daniel. I you yeah. know I, I never ever ever in my life thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I I I maybe I can count on one hand the amount of times I did like a lemonade stand as a little boy you know like it's just I've always thought of myself as part of a team as part of a unit yeah and until I had this idea and I knew it was something that I was passionate about I knew it was something that based on my exposure into the human resources community in Charlotte and being connected to thousands of HR practitioners I knew that there was a need yeah it was a need that wasn't getting filled Um, yes and and so I'm really proud of that um oh absolutely I, I am learning, I'm, I'm figuring stuff out the hard way. I'm doing research and I'm, I'm pushing myself to get better all the time. And, and instead of meeting metrics or meeting certain thresholds or certain goals or, you know, making sure I look good for a, a boss or a manager, you know, to each their own. Um, look, if I slack off a little bit on a Monday or something, mm-hmm. I kick myself in the butt and I work twice as hard on a Tuesday. I don't I don't let it trickle and and, and turn into this snowball effect or I don't let somebody else tell me, Mark, you better get your act together. That's right. It's it's the self-governance thing. I think, Daniel, yeah, self-governance thing that has helped me to be so much more fulfilled in what I'm doing throughout the week. And I find myself willing to plug in a little bit on the weekend. I find myself willing to get up earlier. I find myself working, uh, you know, doing research or messaging people at, at the end of the night. Right. Uh, I, I find myself in, in a previous life. I, I, I had a really bad habit of letting emails stack up. Yeah. I'm sure a ton of people get, get uh, bogged down with that, but you know, I'm talking about 20, 30, 40, 50 emails that I haven't gotten to and it became overwhelming. And now yes. I'm really proud of myself of getting through every email. Uh, and, and, yeah. and I, I, I don't have to look at that glaring number on my iPhone and thinking, oh my gosh, look at that mountain that I have to dig out of. Um, yeah. And so it's, that's what's got me feeling fantastic. Yeah, it was great to get married to my best friend. Yes, it's yeah. awesome. We're going to spend a life together, even right. cooler uh, <laughs> than all of that combined. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, what I'm doing is fulfilling and it, and it makes me feel, uh, feel fantastic every day. Absolutely. And, and, and to that point, and congratulations on that, on that too. And I think you should feel that way, you know, from a partner standpoint, you know, finding the right life partner, you had somebody that you, you had talked to about business. She saw an opportunity and she gave you that nudge. You know, it's, I really think of relationships as, is this person making me better and, and, and able to live a more fulfilling life, right? Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and it's so funny that just how the world works. Um, yeah. She has, she has a, a master's degree focused on entrepreneurism. Um, oh, yeah. for, the, for the first two years we were together, she was working through her master's at Queens University here in Charlotte. Oh, and, wow. You know, where I don't have an advanced degree outside of my bachelor's from USC. Yeah. I, uh, I, our partnership somehow aligned 
with her knowledge of entrepreneurism and creating a business plan and getting things started. And, and, and like, it, it just, it worked. And yeah. so it was fulfilling even to her being able to put that into practice, not just in her, in her regular job, but also, uh, you know, towards higher level advisory. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Now that is, that is a, that's a great match and uh, didn't plan that, did you, Mark? That just No, not at all. Matter of fact, I used to, I remember when we first started dating, I was frustrated because you're like, oh, you've got class tonight? Cla- till eight? You're in class yeah. till eight o'clock? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah. You know, I can't see it till tomorrow. And so I used to be frustrated by it. And now it's paving the way for the future of uh, something that could be really special in years to come. Absolutely. And I, and I love the, the trajectory that you're on. Any, anything, any thoughts uh, here as we, we close up on where, where do you see yourself in five years, where you see your company? Is there a next, is there a next milestone, a next vision that you're working towards? Yeah. Next, next milestone is really working my, my way away from being a consultant and more of a CEO. Um, okay. I've got a long way to go, but I know that right now my clients, um, you know, they, they do business with me because of, frankly, because of me and my knowledge yes. of talent acquisition and, and my exposure to a lot of variety of different talent acquisition scenarios and yeah. coming up with the best practices. But um, the next step is really to, to, I don't like the word productize, but yeah. until I find a better wording for taking my philosophies and higher level advisory, what we embrace on quality, effective, efficient talent acquisition processes, yes. and be able to turn that into a playbook or the, you know, the, the Ikea uh, instruction manual, uh, yes. the Lego manual for, for setting up a recruiting function or perfecting a recruiting function from inside the company. I love that. Um, I'm well on my way uh, to yeah, that, but making it nice and pretty and digital and, you know, in the cloud or whatever that can be, you know, bought on a website or something that gotcha. companies don't necessarily need, um, you know, need me all the time or need my colleagues all the time, but rather they can watch videos or they can watch a, uh, you know, read a, read a series of, uh, of how to guides. Right, and then you know, me and my colleagues can pop in when it's at critical junctures. Yeah, and 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 are you always looking for folks to join your team? Or are you are you growing at kind of a how do you how do you create a cadence on that? Yeah, oh, so yeah, so about sixteen months in, I'm to the point where I've uh, I, I've surrounded myself with a really good network of other HR and, and recruiting practitioners, folks that are, are colleagues of mine that. You know, some work at, and do 1099 type work. Um, some we trade projects, project for project, kind of on a gentleman's code or an honor system. Um, yeah. So at this juncture, not actively hiring a higher level advisory, um, but rather surrounding myself with other folks who like to take on project work. Um, yes. Surrounding myself with folks who, who will take on con- consulting and um, yeah. I gotcha. different type of contractual contractual work. Um because at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're only as good as the, the, the product and the service that you deliver. So um, I never commit to things that I can't do myself, but rather, hey, I've got, I've got a tremendous group of colleagues behind me that I know I'm a phone call or a text message away from somebody that is an expert with that and they can deliver for you. Whereas I might not be the expert. I'm not going to tell you that I am, but I know a guy that I'm a text away from. Or I know somebody, I know a woman who is that they can deliver for you on this. Absolutely. Well, you're building a great company. You've got a, a tremendous network. You've got the skills to promote it with your video and your acting background. And so 
I don't, I don't see anything but good things in your future, Mark. Thank you. No, I really appreciate it, Daniel. And it's folks yeah. like just um, spending time with folks like yourself, just being able to talk candidly about um, my experience in business and who I've become as a man and as a businessman is really cool. Uh, it's yeah. something that I'm, I'm really grateful for. So thank you for doing what you do. Um, yeah. I, 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 I know it's not easy and it takes time away from your normal day job, but uh, yeah. But uh, shoot, man, I love it. I get to, I get to meet a, a lot of different people with a lot of different business styles and personalities. And so, hey, it's the pleasure is all mine. I'll say that. <laughs> so well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you well, much. hey, thanks for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, Daniel. Cheers. All right. Bye. Later. That's it, folks. Another conversation in the books. Thanks again to Mark Wojcik for stopping in and chatting with me. Love doing these, as you guys know, and I look forward to the next conversation. Talk to you soon. Let's roll.